for joining us. Jared Martin here, one of the pastors at Journey Church. I'm excited that you guys join us on this Sunday. Hope you're sitting around in your PJs, got a cup of coffee. Hey, even if it's three in the afternoon, it's Sunday. That's what it's for. But we hope you'll stick around for this interview I'm going to do with Matt Johnson. But even if you don't stick around for that, make sure you fast forward. Don't just stop the video. Go to the end where I'm going to tell you about why you should show up at one of our three services on January 27th. We've got services launching that day at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 o'clock a.m. You do not want to miss that. I'll tell you more about it later. But this interview today we're going to jump into is going to dive deep into what Matt has been challenging us to do. He's been saying that we need to take a courageous step of faith. He even said last Sunday that staying in the boat, man, that's just as dangerous as trying to get out of the boat. So what do you do? How do you, how do you make a step of faith, a practical step of faith? That's what we're going to talk about. And I can't wait to ask him some really tough questions to get into the real nitty gritty of that. But before we do, we know that on Sundays, a significant part of your worship is giving. So for some of you, not being able to pass the buckets makes a big difference in where your head and your heart is at. So we want to offer you that opportunity today. Digitally, you can go to our website, go to the Give button. If you want to go to our app, go to there and go to the Give tab. And if you want to text your amount to 84321, there's three ways that you can make sure your head and your heart are connected to your worship today. So without any more delay, let's jump into this interview. Hey, thanks for joining us, Matt. Yep. So excited to get this conversation going. This series has been really interesting to get started with for 2019. I know it's already challenging me and my faith thinking about courageous steps we wanna take, but I got lots of questions. I'm sure everybody out there's got questions. Uh, so let me jump right into this and just say, first of all, as I think about taking steps of faith, one of the biggest things that I always deal with, and probably it's a personality issue a bit, but I'm sure other people share this idea, is that I want to make sure that if I'm having faith and stepping out faith, that I'm stepping to where God wants me to go, that I'm not just going somewhere I want to go, yep. and then I'm depending on something that's not actually there. Right. So if I'm in the boat and I'm like Peter being invited, I want to make sure Jesus is inviting me, not something else. So sure. how, how do I make sure I'm hearing from God, or at least 
that I'm doing the right thing in terms of directing my faith toward where Jesus is standing and not somewhere else? That is a great question. I've asked that myself a lot of times. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. So uh, two or three different angles on that question, okay? First of all, I don't think in most cases you're going to be 100% certain this Jesus voice. Okay, that's good. <laughs> because unlike Peter, we can't physically see him, and he doesn't tend to write things in the sky for us. So I'm okay with a little ambiguity. I've learned to get to the point where having some doubt is okay. You know, if you're 60% sure, 70% sure, that's probably pretty good because we're always gonna doubt ourselves a little bit. Um, I'm not 100% confident most of the time. However, along those lines, I think it becomes easier the more steps of faith you take because you get to know Jesus better, which means it's easier to recognize his voice. It's like somebody that you spend a lot of time with. They could be in another room. You wouldn't have to know they were there. The minute they spoke, you would recognize their voice because of how much time you'd spent together. Somebody that you hadn't met very often, you wouldn't know who they were. So more time together equals more familiarity with their voice. And so I think the same is true with Jesus. The more steps you take, the more time you spend with him, the easier it gets. Now, the other thing I do, which in some ways is a little bit of a hack to help me I love hacks. get to the point where I've got some confidence, is I look in four different directions to see if I'm getting confirmation from multiple areas. Okay. So I'm looking at scriptures. I'm reading scripture every day. Are there things... Uh, that I'm reading that God seems to be using to point me in that direction. Yeah, this isn't like uh, you're dropping into John and just taking no, a verse no, out no. and being like, oh yeah, that confirms where I'm going. You're saying God's not going to ask you to do something that hasn't already been confirmed it's, by it's never, Scripture. A, it's never going to contradict Scripture. So you got to look and make sure it's not contradicting so the Scripture So I always have teaches. to love my neighbor. You, yeah, no matter what. <laughs> okay. Jesus isn't telling you to hate him. Uh, but along with that, you know, I have a habit and a practice of reading scripture every day. And it's funny how sometimes I'm not changing up my pattern, looking for an answer somewhere, but it's just in the course of what is scheduled to be read that day that sometimes stuff will pop up. So I'll just try to pay attention to that. And then prayer, spending time praying, and do I get a sense of peace or do I have tension around this? Not tension from, oh, I'm scared to do it but tension from, I'm not sure that feels right. And you learn that those are two different tensions. Um, I pay attention to circumstances. Some people only pay attention to circumstances. That can and be dangerous. That's really dangerous. So I, I would not recommend Getting that. i that point before. Every open door was not opened by God. You don't necessarily have to walk through it. But, but I am paying attention to that as one of the components. Do I see God lining up some things or doing some things? And then last is uh, the church. But I don't mean the church like collectively an organization, I, I just mean other Christians in my life. So I will often bounce it off of friends like you. I will bounce it off of uh, friends in my small group and say, okay, here's what I'm sensing. What do you guys think? And a lot of times the perspectives from those people uh, are very helpful. And then sometimes God just sends somebody along who knows nothing about it and says something to me that go, oh, that aligns perfectly. I think maybe God wanted me to have this conversation. Yeah, so it sounds like you, you're creating a, basically a, a zone in which your your best movement is based on these four different things. And within that zone, you can be a little more sure and not just yeah, if, completely doubting yourself in that decision. If you're paying attention to all of those areas and you're starting to get a sense of confirmation from a couple or three of those areas, it gives you more confidence, right? That 
Maybe this is. Again, not 100% confident. If you were 100% confident, you wouldn't need faith. That's, that's if I were point. absolutely certain Jesus had said it, then there would be no doubt. Yeah. So, But just certain enough that I think this is a direction. It lines up with what God's doing in my life, what I see him doing around me. It lines up with Scripture. I think I'm going to take this step and see what happens. And just so you know, it doesn't mean you always get it right. I, I get it wrong you know, plenty of times over the course of my life. But here's my thought on that. If my intentions are sincere, if I really tried to figure out what God was saying to me, and I took a step that I thought he was asking me to take, and he really wasn't, I just assume he loves me enough that he kind of chuckles and nods his head and says, I'm going to take care of that, and we'll, get, we'll make that work, or we'll get him back on track. It's not going to be devastation. I think God loves me way too much to see me just like you know me looking at my son going he thought that's what i wanted him to do i'm not just going to let him flail away at it i'm going to step in and help him i think that matters more. yeah it makes sense from a from a if god is our father father's perspective absolutely us being dads i can see if my son heard me say something tried to do it the way i said and misinterpreted just, boy i really try to make it work though because i'd want him to know that he tried to obey and he tried that's to do right it you're right not going to be angry with him yeah you're just going to step in Total and support sense. that's really helpful that makes me think though as you as you start looking down that road and you're starting to take steps, you mentioned in the, in the two messages this past few weeks that really got me was, that doesn't mean you're gonna be without adversity. Absolutely. Just because God's called you to a direction, that doesn't mean now like, the way is cleared, like you said, the door's open and everything's easy breezy. So how do you approach some of that diversity? And, and from your perspective, I'm gonna dig in personally here, mm -hmm. I get to be the interviewer. Um, what are some things that you've faced obstacles, uh, personal adversity that you've seen so we can kind of get an idea how that adversity looks and then also how to deal with it in the midst of that faith? Well, this is not what anybody wants to hear me say, but not only can you face adversity, I think the odds are very high you will, and you'll probably face a lot of adversity before you see the breakthrough and God do what only he can do. And the reason for that is adversity is what builds our faith and strengthens our faith and forces us to trust God at a deeper level. So I'll give you a couple quick examples. Uh, spring of 1998, I feel like God is saying to me, uh, what I want you to do with your life is start a church. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I obviously assume that's gonna be pretty quick. Why else would he have told me? But there is a seven year period between then and when we actually start the church. That was seven years of waiting and seven years of adversity but the whole point of it, and it's so obvious looking back, the whole point of it was to develop my character, deepen my faith, and get me prepared for what he was going to do in the future. Um, so I think that happens to us a lot where we get into it. There was one thing that happened to us when we were getting ready to start. I think it's a great example. We felt like God was telling us to start this. We had to raise money to start it. We spent months and months and months contacting church after church after church saying, Hey, would you be willing to support us? I've never had more fun getting told no. I was about was to say, <laughs> nobody told us yes. For months, we got no after no after yeah. no after no. Um, it was one adversity after another. And it would be easy to say, well, let's interpret that as we're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. No, it was God's deepening our faith. If he gives us what we want as quick as we ask for it, that creates entitled kids. That does not create kids who appreciate things, yeah, who can trust their parents. So we had a lot of no's, and then in essence, we hit a dead end. And this is what I see happens a lot of times. You get a dream or you get a direction from God, 
you make a decision to go for it, and then there's a delay, and the delay gets so long, and the, and the difficulties come and get so hard that you feel like you're at a dead end. Those delays and difficulties just mount up. But when you're at a dead end, that's when you're actually at the point for a breakthrough for God to deliver. So to run into adversity is not a bad thing. It's just part of your faith growing. Yeah, and that, that makes me think, and we've talked about this before, that you know when God asks you to do something, He's actually asking you to do something you can't do by yourself. Yep. So when you, when you think you've got it all figured out, you're probably on the wrong path. You're probably not doing something big enough or a challenge enough. If that adversity isn't there, then you're missing the faith component from the long run anyway. Couldn't have said it better. If you think God's asking you to do something that you then feel like you can say, thanks for the direction, I got this from here on out, that was not God talking to you. Peter did not sit there in that boat and go, I can walk on water, yeah, no big deal. I don't need Jesus' help. Had lots of training on had this Had lots already. of training, exactly. So, yeah, it, there's no point in having faith if you can do it on your own. There's always a gap between what you can do and what God That's can. That's awesome. Well, that brings me to this next idea. So, for you, what has really built this faith habit the most, like of facing adversity and then moving through that? Because that's, that's, a, that's a strengthening you get over time. So what has built that for you the most? What has built your faith really the most? I, I will try not to talk about this too long because it's a, I feel like this has been a lifetime journey for me. But let me preface it by saying faith is like a muscle. It has to be stretched to grow. It has to be stretched to get stronger. So what actually builds your faith is taking steps of faith. People who say, I just don't have enough faith, so I can't take that step, are actually setting themselves up to never have enough faith. So I'll give you a few examples, but the very first thing that comes to mind for me, I'm 16 years old, my dad is planning to go to Brazil with a group on a mission trip. He says to me, Matt, would you like to go on that trip? And I say, yes, I would. To which he then says, well, great, but we don't have the money to pay for you. So here's what we're gonna do. He said, I don't want you to tell anyone that um, you wanna go and you need money. We're just gonna pray as a family and if God provides the money on his own, then you can go, if not, you won't. And it was about $2,500, which is astronomical, astronomical. to a 16 year old. So um, that's what we did, which sounds like a terrible plan. I don't know why dad came up with that yeah, plan. <laughs> so it sounds like, oh, we're just gonna test God. I was, bad plan, dad. but. I'll tell you what happened. I think he did just what he was supposed to because we started praying and somebody asked us about it. Is Matt going to go on that trip? Does he want to go? Well, da, da, da. They wrote a check. Then a church came along and said, hey, we think it'd be awesome if Matt went. Does he want to go? Well, yeah. Well, how much more do you need? Well, it's this much. And they just wrote a check. So what I remember, there were a lot of great things happened on the trip, but that's not actually what marked me so much. It was, oh my goodness, we just prayed for this. And there's no other way to explain this except God was involved. So that, that carried with me into, you know, that first step gave me the faith to take another step and another step. And then we get ready to start the church. It's a huge step. You remember we would, uh, there was a church that was gonna come alongside us. We finally got a yes of uh, somebody who would help support us and the church brought us in had us on a Sunday night, yep. just tell about what we were and trying we to do. And needed a website. And what we were trying to do it, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but one of the things that happened at one of those churches as we were sharing is we would always tell them, there is no guarantee this will be successful. That's right. You might put your money into this and a year later we're closing our doors. We just know God's told us to do this. We don't know how it's gonna turn out. And you remember uh, people would come up to us afterwards and say, you guys just need to have more faith, you don't have enough faith. 
to which I was like, no, 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 we have plenty of faith. We just don't have any guarantees. Right. You know, those are two different things. But starting the church was a big step of faith. And then we have had so many moments as a church throughout. Three years in, we're all college kids yep. trying to figure out what to do. We got to raise $100,000 to be able to hire a family minister to reach families. We don't know how that's going to come. We've never seen that much money as a church. And a bunch of college kids and some adults give $100,000 over a, a year to do that. Yeah, I mean, I had a job. You were quitting a job. I mean, you, yeah. had, you have different steps of faith in that. And I can't, when, when I think back, I'm like, we were stupid. There were so many things that, would, that were not known and we kept moving forward. And I, I look back and think, wow, my faith grew a whole lot in that situation because I'd never seen God move that way. I'd never seen God answer those kinds of prayers before. And uh, it really boosted my confidence in making some decisions I couldn't see the end of. Yeah, if it that was, makes sense. but it all keyed on, we were willing to take a step in that direction and start walking without having all the answers. That's yeah. what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got one more question for okay. you, and I think this will kind of wrap it up. So just that idea of, you know, God's promise versus God's calling. Like he's, he's calling you to do something, but there's not this promise on the other end. How do you deal with this tension of, of knowing this may not work out the way I see, but I know I'm supposed to follow anyway? How do you work through that? Absolutely. Uh, we have been there a lot. There have never been guarantees. So here's what it comes back to. Trust is the foundation for any healthy relationship. And I say over and over again to people, you have a father in heaven who what he actually wants from you is your trust. He does not need or want anything else. He wants a relationship with you that requires trust. And the more trust you have, the closer the relationship is. So all he's trying to do is build big faith in us, which means what is most important to him is for us to take a step and start moving that direction. So if I'm willing to take a step with no guaranteed outcome, God's calling me this direction or inviting me this direction, there's no promise about how it's gonna turn out, there's no promise he'll provide, but I'm gonna step that way. If I will just trust my heavenly father loves me as much as he says he loves me, then I don't need a guaranteed outcome. He's gonna take care of me. He has my best interest in mind. Are you saying that God may ask us to do something that he knows will not turn out the best, the way we see it, just to get closer to us? Yes, and God may ask us to do something that doesn't turn out the way we want because we need to learn a lesson from that for the thing God has for us in the future that will pay off. Are you saying too that God would rather be close to us than see us succeed at something that we think is success? Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I just, just think, think, I about, think about my kids. Think about you as a father with your yeah. kids. When I ask them to do something, sometimes the point is not to see them succeed at something, but it's to, because I want to be close to them and know that they trust me, not necessarily to see them get what they think of as a great thing, because that thing is just a thing. The thing at the end of this should really be us enjoying one another's That's company. That's right. That's right. And it's the same with God, I think. That's what he's most interested in. That's really hard to get, but I think it's important for people to focus on. Mm -hmm. This has been really enlightening. Man, thanks for the time. Thanks for the conversation. I hope this helps somebody else. Yeah, and just whatever that next courageous step of faith is you need to take, go take it, even if it costs you something. Awesome. Thanks again. Yep. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt. I hope you got something practical out of it, and I hope you're taking a huge step of faith. But as I promised, I've got some big news. Next week, Matt is going to launch out an upgrade to our four Callaway strategy 
it's gonna be four Callaway 2.0. You do not wanna miss that message. You also don't wanna miss the bagel bar. You don't wanna miss the free t-shirt. You don't wanna miss the free car cling. There's so many things going on. Do not miss. If you have plans to go out of town, you just simply change your plans and you set your alarm for an eight o'clock, a 9.30 or an 11 a.m. service and you be there January 27th. You guys have a great week.